another version of us from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. Huh. I wonder if that's why there's deja vu. Like, there's another someone of me experiencing other things in a different universe and then reaching into this one? Whoa. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode. Were you in a different universe doing I it was. correctly? I was. Uh, <laughs> yes, this is another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast where age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife, who you just heard, at our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at foreverfanpod. Same handle on three different socials. We are your hosts, and on today's show, we are returning to our normal format. Yeah, that's right. Um, After the wonders of things. I mean, well, we kind of returned to the normal format after Doctor Strange. No, we were doing POTUS. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what you mean by normal format. Yes. Well, you know, I was thinking we were kind of changing other things with themes. But anyway, I digress. Are are you in this universe with me? (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) I have a new toy and I've got new noises. Mm -mm. Um, But anyway, we are going to be covering uh, the A24 film, Mm -hmm. uh, the indie film that could everything, everywhere, all at once, which was released this year mm-hmm. before Doctor Strange, and it is definitely a different kind of multiverse film. And as always, we will be talking about major plot points, so if you listen past the banter, you will be spoiled. Pray I do this right. <laughs> <laughs> you pressed the right button. I did, but I need to make sure the loop is on. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Go. Uh, yes, so, happy pride. Ah! Every- I screwed up the banter, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You are in a different universe right now. <laughs> I'm in the one where I got some sleep. Oh my goodness. Anyway. anyway happy Pride, everybody. Before happy my, Pride. Before my wife just rudely interrupted me. I'm sorry. Um, so we went to a Mets game, and they had Pride Night, and it was the most fun that I've had in the ballpark in a while. Yeah, me too. They, they also celebrate all month. Like, the there are flags on the top of the stadium, uh, the Coca-Cola sign is in pride colors. All their ads have, you know, pride colors and, and representation. Yeah. Um, and and for, for our new listeners who don't know, let's just say, you know, we have to clarify, we are both Mets baseball fans. Yeah, we like baseball. We both agree on the same team. It's football where we completely disagree. <laughs> um, that's okay. But we were on the field for batting practice and several of the players wore the uh, Love is Love shirt. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we had to get that. Of course. <laughs> Add it to our collection. Yes. And they even had a Mets Pride uh, hat giveaway. Yeah, it was a pro- promotional item we got with our group tickets. Mm-hmm. And the guys behind you were asking, where did you get those fabulous hats? Oh, they were so adorable and awesome behind us. I, I loved... Oh, they, our section was just really great. Yeah. That's why it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but any, anyway, with that, let us go on with our fabulous show. Did you like that? Did you like my transition? <laughs> no? Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's, I think it's cute. Okay. So I have these great little tools, and I'm wondering if I should play with one to try to do the synopsis. Oh, my goodness. You can try. Which one do you want? I, 
Let's do the high pitch where I sound like a chipmunk. Here's the summary from Apple TV+. Plus. When an interdimensional rupture threatens to unravel reality, the fate of the world is suddenly in the hands of a most unlikely hero, Evelyn, an overwhelmed immigrant mother. As bizarre and bewildering dangers emerge from this many possible universes, she must learn to channel her newfound powers and fight to save her home, her family, and herself in this big-hearted and hilarious adventure through the multiverse. What'd you think? That was just the oddest sensation ever. Would you have preferred if I did that? No. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes, it's an emergency. I need to go back to the other universe where my wife doesn't have a new toy. I haven't slept in days. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, can we go right into the good? Yes, we should. Go ahead. Well, you said that Jamie Lee Curtis was was in this movie. Mm -hmm. And since she wasn't in a Halloween film, I'm like, oh, okay, let's go see. I just want to point out the Halloween Ends movie is coming out later this year. And you are seeing it with me. Gracious me. I know horror is not your thing, but I'm just... I appreciate it. Um, But, you know, I I wanted to see Jamie Lee Curtis in something else. But the main draw for me really is Michelle Yeoh. Especially since, you know, we saw her in Gunpowder Milkshake. And I thought she was fabulous in that. And, you know, it just it's a continuation of her bad. (laughs) Yes, that. (laughs) I was ready. (laughs) Yes, you were. Um, But, yeah, she's just she's just awesome. I just think she's so cool. You know, this is going to sound really, really weird. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that they had very strong female characters mm-hmm. and the women were not like they were older women. Mm. And I love that. And and both of these women I admire greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched both of them in, in varying films and, and things. And they both, like you said, there's that bad <laughs> that they just carry naturally yeah. that exudes off them. And even when they're in scenes together, I I really wish I was a fly on the wall for that. If they're like, cause I I know we have bloopers somewhere when we we bought the film mm-hmm. and we haven't seen it yet. But I just wish to be a fly on the wall to hear the conversations between those two. Oh, like when they're not filming the bloopers that they, have, especially with the hot dog fingers. I was gonna say, I'm sure it's the hot dog finger scene that is just hilarious. Oh gosh, <laughs> they're just so good. <laughs> yes, they are. So you know, aside from from the characters, I. I just think that this film is full of so many different themes. This really was not something when you and I had been talking about it and and you had mentioned you were going through the script. It it was very heavy on the themes. I completely agreed. Yeah. Because there's just there's so much richness to it and depth to it that you can't necessarily just go, oh, this was good and this was good and this was good. It's something that you really need to dive into. So this might be a little longer than normal. Yeah. And for me, you know, I never, I didn't really know anything about the backstory to this, right? You know, you just said, Jamie Lee Curtis told us to go see it. So we're going to I follow to go her see on it. Instagram. I know. And I said, what's funny is I saw, it was one of the posts she put up that um, everything, everywhere, all at once continued to do well. Mm-hmm. And it was the multiverse movie you were meant to see or you should see or something like that. Right. I, don't, I don't remember the exact wording. And I said to you, I was like, well, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this multiverse movie and we just saw a multiverse movie that kind of left us with a bad taste in our mouth. And then we both saw the trailer and we started laughing and also going, whoa. And then we're like, oh, 
look at the actresses in it, look at the characters, right. look at the cast. And it's an indie film. Yeah. Right? And friends of ours had actually gone to see it, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, you know what? Let's go see it. And the thing is, when we went to see it, it was already, like, you know, May. It had been out for a while. Yeah. And when we saw it, it was in a smaller theater, mm-hmm. and we were actually two of four people in the entire theater. And yet everyone was laughing. Yeah. And so we had a private screening, essentially, yeah. of, of the movie. What was also interesting is when we, when we were in Doctor Strange, it was crowded. Yeah. And people walked out unhappy. Yeah. So it was a really weird dichotomy. I know they're two completely different films, but it was just, it's very weird when you're getting back into going to movies, because we haven't for a while, to go from The Lost City, where universally people cheered it, to come to a Marvel film that we're normally the type of people going, oh my God, this is great, and we really didn't like it right and then going to this film very small audience and yet and that's actually um and i if i can find the article i will give you the link so that we can add it to our show notes because it actually did say that even though it was you know a a limited release because it was a limited release it was actually making more money per screen than um than any of the other films that were out there. Like, it it really had seen It had legs. legs. And it was all word of mouth. For yeah. The, I shouldn't say all, but it was, for the most part, what I saw was word of mouth. Right. So, you know, the the, the biggest theme for me is Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn. You know, it's it's basically a story of her doubting all of the choices that she had she had made in her life, right? She wants to, like, leave this, this life that she's created for herself, um, and she's just pushing everybody away. You know, she's she's very busy, right, in the trailer that we mm-hmm. played. I cannot help you right now. But she wants to leave her life, and so she's she's daydreaming about a different life. That what if, you know, what what would my life have been if I made a different choice? And throughout the film, it's showing her that, and Alpha Waymond is actually telling her all of the different choices that you've made it splintered out into other universes where that Evelyn is actually very, very successful. And the Evelyn that's in this universe is not good at anything because she's just, she's afraid to do anything. Mm. I remember that part because she's like, what makes me so special? He's like, nothing. Yeah. That's why you're the one that can do it. Right. That she is the, she is the thing that could make the difference. If she just opened herself up. No risk, no reward. No risk, no reward. Yeah, see, I, I absolutely connected with that because I struggle to make decisions greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always terrified to put myself out there. And when I do, I will put my whole self into something. I will put my whole body into it. And I have gotten burned, burned very badly and hurt very, very badly to the point of where at this stage in my life, I'm even it's even more difficult to get me to open up and try new things Mm -hmm. because I have the experience of all that negativism. I don't need it again. Right. But then, you know, if you don't, you run the risk of never ever experiencing something special ever again. Which is why this movie kind of hit me weird Mm. in, in this specific theme because I get it and it's right. But I also understand Evelyn's hesitance because I don't want to be down that low again, ever. Yeah. Because I have been so down that I scared you. Yes. I don't want to be there again. 
And what if I make another choice that brings me there? For me, all of the experiences, whether good or bad, make you who you are. And so when you learn from those experiences, then, you know, yes, you can you can try again. And you have that experience of, okay, if there are the same signals that that happen, you know now how to maybe deal with it or you can recognize it before you get hurt badly again. At least that's how I see it. And I, I can't fault that. I'm just saying from, from this perspective, watching it, I mm-hmm. agree and that I... I love that this is the idea of you need to open your mind to new adventures, but I also do see how difficult it can be mm-hmm. and how it can be almost debilitating. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it freezes you in this, well, if I do this, will it lead to this? If I do this, will it lead to that? And there's, there's something to be said about being almost stuck in the future yeah. of what could be based on what has been. Mm-hmm that it freezes you in the moment so you can't see the moment and then it's difficult to do anything. Analysis paralysis. Shorthand, fine, yes. <laughs> anyway, before I could keep talking about that forever because yeah. it's a very heavy psychological topic. Yeah. So there's this scene in the movie where, you know, they 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 multiverse jump, right? So they go to different multiverses and there's a scene where they actually go into a universe where it just does not um, support any kind of life. They're basically rocks. I that, love that. <laughs> I know that that was just really, really funny. But it was also very poignant because um, if you remember the way they did the the dialogue mm-hmm. was one's dialogue was in like just white font, mm-hmm. and the other other's dialogue is in black font. You know, just doing the you know they're complete opposites. They're yin and yang. And that's actually the only time that they were able to open up to each other, like actually be truthful when they were talking to each other. Well, because it was peaceful. There was no other noise around them. Right. There was nothing else. What I also thought about that, the coloring of the font. Yes, they were the yin and yang and polar opposites. But I also took that to at certain stages in your life, you become almost very rigid in in what you believe and what you think. Mm. And you believe you're right. And it's not because you want to be that way. It's not because you are, I'm trying to think of the phrasing. It, it's not because you are this horrible, evil person and you must always be right. It's just your experiences and your fears lead you one way. Of course. Yeah. And so therefore you become stuck on a side. Right. And you lose the gray. But notice the rocks were gray. You know, I did not notice that until you mentioned it. I mean, I know everybody's going to say rocks are always gray. Not necessarily. No, rocks can be black. They can be you know, dark brown, yeah. I mean, it was in the desert, it could have been brown dirt rocks, but they looked almost gray. So right. I took that as they're both thinking they're complete polar opposites, when in reality, they're both very similar. Yeah. I, you know, the, the apple doesn't far, fall, fall far, far from, the tree. from the tree. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about, you know, decisions lead to who you are. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, you know, the acceptance of family, right, of who you are. I, and you personally accepting yourself for who you are, right? Joy is trying to come out to her grandfather. And she's trying to get her mom to accept the fact that Becky, her girlfriend of three years, is not going to change. And the fact that um, in the early scenes, Evelyn kept calling Becky he. And she was saying, no, it's a language barrier. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know I say the wrong uh, pronoun. But it's the fact that 
Joy doesn't feel like her mother respects who she is, right? Doesn't accept that she is gay. And Evelyn is so terrified of her father because her father is back in her life. Yeah, and rejected her all those years ago. So she's terrified of being rejected again. Yeah, but right. it is it is about acceptance. And when Evelyn finally, if you notice towards the end, when Evelyn finally accepts everything and openly says, this is Joy's girlfriend. Yeah. This is the end of it. And it freaks Joy out. Yeah, because it's not the right way to do it. I see. I didn't get that. I got that it freaks Joy out because in some cases, like when you finally get what you want and you get the acceptance you want, it can be so jarring because remember, they're, they're multiverse hopping at this point. Mm-hmm. So... The the road that Evelyn came to to get to this point, Joy might not have been on. So I don't know if it was that it wasn't right. It's just Joy wasn't ready for the full acceptance because it hadn't been there for so long that when it happened, it was like, wait a minute, there's nothing that indicated you were even listening to me. And now all of a sudden, you accept me. Oh, that's interesting because the way I, the way I interpreted that scene was that I've been trying to tell you who I am and then all of a sudden you're just outing me. It wasn't like a respectful this is who my daughter is. It wasn't out it wasn't out of love the way Joy saw it. It was just like, okay, you know what? I'm being defiant to you, my father. Oh. And so I am telling you this is who I am and this is who my daughter is. I didn't see that at all because at this point in the film they're fighting over Joy walking into the everything bagel basically. Mm-hmm. And dying, and Evelyn is facing losing her child, right. or accepting who her child is. Right. And so I took that as, this is Evelyn stepping up, giving Joy the acceptance, because she's so terrified. She's more afraid of losing her daughter. Right. So she wants to keep her, so she took it as, a, I took it as, she accepted her daughter and was like, you know what? Screw my father, screw all this. If he can't accept me, that's fine. I love my child. I'm going to be here for my child. And Joy wasn't ready for it. But the communication wasn't there yet. And so the way Joy received it wasn't out of love. It was like, oh, okay, so now I'm just this this thing that you're showing off. Conversely, yin and yang, I took that as the communication wasn't there. So Joy was so shell-shocked, didn't know how to process Mm -hmm. because it was, again, they had been multiverse hopping and hadn't been able to communicate yet. Right. So I took that as the opposite way, but I can I can fully understand your your perspective on that. Yeah. And so, you know, it, and we're we're kind of touching upon it, you know, making that stance because Evelyn did make a stance when she was younger. You know, yes. she went to marry Waymond and her father basically disowned her, right? Yep. And never quote air quotes uh, respected her for walking out on the family. And so Evelyn didn't want that for her daughter. And so I guess all of this time, you know, she's been in the U.S. with Wayman, you know, creating their life together, having a child. And then as soon as her father comes back into the picture, it is all chaos. And she's just closed off again because she never really quite dealt with that rejection. Yeah, I think to me that was a lot like he brought and resurfaced and ripped open those old wounds and and brought the trauma. Mm -hmm. And because she had never dealt with it, like you said, she never processed it or went to therapy through it. The trauma overwhelmed her. And so what did she do? Like I said before, when you get really burned in the past, you you close into yourself, you Mm -hmm. lock up. And that's normal. Yeah, it's absolutely normal. And it was putting a wedge because there was already a wedge between 
Evelyn and where she thought she was and where she should be. Mm-hmm. And then her father comes in and that wedge just gets bigger. Right. To the point of where Waymond actually had divorce papers written up. Yeah, well, because she was now closing so, herself off yeah. from her family. She was becoming something where she wasn't happy, her daughter wasn't happy, her husband wasn't happy. And it all came down to the simple act of fear, acceptance, rejection, mm-hmm. and trauma. Yeah, and I, I love the representation of putting all of the guilt and the pain into an everything bagel. Right. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Wait, you- I actually, I wrote something down in the notes and I said, everything bagels, too much flavor and options for just one bite. <laughs> because if you think about it logically. Of course you did. <laughs> because for me, one of the things I don't like, and I know everything bagels, my family, members of my family absolutely adore them. And they mm-hmm. say that all the flavors blend together and they, they love it. Mm-hmm. For me, when I bite into an everything bagel, it is an overwhelming cacophony of too many flavors all thrown together and nothing stands out. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought this was brilliant. Mm. I mean, first off, it's funny as hell. Yeah. But it's brilliant because there's so much thrown on it. Yeah. It's a perfect analogy. Yeah. It's, you have everything at your fingertips, but you don't know what exactly you want. So you just get everything. Yeah. But because you get everything, nothing stands out. Right. Or, you know, you're just... You're just so full of pain that you're just putting everything in there. And then eventually it just swallows you whole. And then eventually you need to, if you have an emergency, quack it. Yep. Because the truth is, at certain times, you really do need to ask for help. Yeah. That was the other theme. I didn't write that in here, but just thinking about the fact that Joy, even though she was so angry at her mother she still was trying to find her through all of these different universes. You're hurting. You want to go to the person that you, that's hurting you the most to try to make that connection. See, for me, it was my experience is whenever I'm hurt, even though I'm in my later years of life. Really? I will always, when I'm hurt, the first person I've always wanted is my mommy. Mm-hmm. Even, I was actually thinking about you because you've always said that. Yeah, I mean, I wiped out down a flight of cement stairs and I was in my 20s and I screamed for my mother because I am blessed that she gets me. Mm-hmm. We have our disagreements and we fight like cats and dogs sometimes. But the first person I will always seek out is my mother. And, you know, that's before I met you. But the idea is that's who I always sought out. Yeah. Your comfort. So I understood that Joy's pain is also where her joy comes from. Mm-hmm. Because there are moments that she refers to where they were like peas in a pod and they were great. And yeah. then it changed. And there's that trauma, the pain, and the loss. So seeking out the person you love most that maybe can fix it, but that also causes you the pain. So you can say, hey, you did this to me. This yeah. is why you did this to me. Now I can go. Right, right. And going into that, I think Evelyn finally realized that sometimes you just have to let her go, right? So at the end scene where she's like, okay, if you if you just want to leave, that's fine. But know that I'm always going to be here. So it's that at the end of the film, she finally realized what her daughter needed. Um, and then, you know, kind of going into that too... Uh, the 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 final theme for me anyway is um, Jamie Lee Curtis plays an IRS auditor. 
And who are the most hated people on earth? IRS auditors. I was going to say that the people at the DMV who yell at me that I never have something right. Oh, or no. no. I, I mean, I've never been audited, but everybody that I, I talk to who deal with finances and all of that, it's like, you do not want to be audited by the IRS. Yeah. But like you say here, they're people too. Yeah. I mean, they just have a job. Yes, they do. And that's why I'm like, you know, it's, the people are not their jobs. And so Jamie Lee Curtis, um, her character's name is Deidre. You know, she she was giving um, Michelle Yeoh, Evelyn's character, um, more chances to actually right the wrong of the of whatever came out of that audit. Right, she was trying to give her a lot of chances to make things right. Because she understood that, you know, it's she, she was trying to help them in her own way. I also think she, she understood that what they were doing wasn't malicious. Like, she was saying, oh, these are parties we host. This is this we do. She's like, so you're a party plant? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, because Evelyn liked having parties and, and bringing the neighbors near and customers in and having fun like that. Yes. And you have to have a karaoke machine in order to have a good party. I laughed hysterically when that came up. <laughs> But, you know, she was trying to help because she understood, hey, this is not a malicious couple who's trying to undermine and, and defraud people. But I'm sure they're, they're not that kind when somebody comes in and goes, no, 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 no. I swear I meant to pay taxes. Mm. But you owe less like $50 million. Well, the, the thing that really got me, the scene um, that got me was when um, at, the, at the end, the laundromat where... Um, Evelyn and Deidre was sitting outside of the laundromat and Evelyn asked, what did my crazy husband or something like that, you know, tell you? Why did you give us the weak extension? Um, and Deidre said, well, he told me your situation. And when, you know, her husband served her with divorce papers, she was empathetic to that situation and realized, you know what, they need time to do different things. So, again, she gave them a reprieve of a week to try to get their stuff together. And so that that scene to me, it's like the IRS auditor does have feelings. They're just human. I really just think Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. Yes, she is. All right. Any other themes that we should touch on? We no, touched on a lot. Yes, we did. So we might as well just let's go into the bad. Okay. Um, I have one bad, but not really. Okay. Um, so it was a bit slow and slightly confusing at the beginning. But as the movie went on, you know, it, it that was really the point, right? That life is confusing. And that the whole movie is a metaphor for life being complicated. Um and even though life is complicated and confusing, you know, we still all want to reach for the people that we love. So, yes, it was slow. It was confusing. But then I eventually got it. And I, I don't get much stuff. I just remember leaning over to you going, the movie's over already? <laughs> because they had that black screen that came up. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like, wait, wait a, a minute. minute. What? It's like, I'm so confused. How does that the end? And then it went part two. It was like whatever the intro card was. Right. It's like, okay, I'm missing something. Yeah. But I, I, I did notice that 
as she got more clarity into who she was and accepted who she was, the film clarity came in as well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of picked up on that at the theater and I just looked over at you and I was like, do you get it? I'm like, let me be, let me, let me ride this ride. See, I need the eye roll sound effect. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a sound effect for an eye roll? I don't know. What? <laughs> there's going to be something where it like, sounds oh like an, anyway. Goodness. Um, so shall we just delve right into the cute? You don't have any bad? No, I actually very much enjoyed it and was surprised that you had something that was bad. Oh, okay then. So let's go with the cute. Go ahead. I made two notes here that I know we discussed, but I have to say the adorable was the rocks when the one rock is starting to go up. What are you doing? Stop coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. And then you turn around and there's the googly eyes. I, I really want googly eyes on my rocks in my garden. I think I have to make that happen. Uh I don't think you can find big enough googly eyes. I will eyes. find big enough oh, googly eyes. Oh, my goodness. And then okay. I will gorilla glue them to rocks. You're going to have to take a picture of that. I will. Aye, aye, aye. Um, raccoon Oh, my goodness. The whole time that she was saying, you know, with the raccoon, I'm like, raccoon? It wasn't a raccoon. It was a rat. And I was dying because it was the most adorable thing. And then in one of her multiverses, there was a raccoon. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, now I understand the joke. And it was hilarious. Oh, it was. Oh, God, I love that. And then it was the guy from Glee. I'm like, oh, yes. Harry Shum Jr. Yes. I was like, oh, so cool. Now, for me, like the one of the earlier scenes was Waymond actually wielding a fanny pack <laughs> as a weapon. I'm like, who would have known a fanny pack could be so deadly? With fish gravel, I think. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, uh, okay, that is actually cute. <laughs> um, the, besides the googly eyes, which I think were perfect, mm. because I think that was a great a metaphor for you can't really take yourself too seriously mm, in yes. life you've got to find the humor in things but you do make a note here but those pinky the biceps biceps <laughs> like the muscles in the pinky i know the pinky was taking steroids seriously it's like all of a sudden the pinky just like breaks the chair and then the pinky does all this other stuff i was like i need pinkies like that but then with my luck i'd probably put a hole through my computer <laughs> or your new toy oh yeah and hit a button and be like there goes oh, the recording oh my goodness any other cute no, I think I'm good. All right. Um, I guess that is our discussion then of everything everywhere all at once. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So now it is time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. What was that? That's not a drum roll. <laughs> that's my new air horn. <laughs> but that's not a drum roll. Well, but the... Thank you. Really? Boring. Ah. Uh, anyway, we rate... Everything, everywhere, all at once. 4.5 stars. Yay! Yay! I don't have an applause thing in here. You should. I, I can with add of, it. With, with all of your buttons there. Really? I have a lot of buttons. Um, look, I, I really can't say enough about this film. After seeing the previous multiverse mm. film, I was very concerned we'd be getting let down again. But I have to admit, it started off slow. But once it got rolling, I was completely and utterly invested. And, you know, relationships... The biggest theme for me was that relationships and families are very hard and communication is even more difficult when we don't really or truly listen to one another. 
And that to me brought me back to my relationship with my Oma who was born in 1920. So there was a huge generational gap between us and we were so, so very different. And in her last decade of life, you know, I was really blessed to finally take that chance and, and have long conversations with her and, and actually find a common ground and, and we listened to one another. Mm-hmm. And the friendship we had is something that I will cherish for the rest of my life. And that's just because we found that communication and we work together. And that's, that's what this film really meant to me mm-hmm. and really showed me. It's like it, you really, the underlying love and communication and respect and acceptance. It's so, the biggest thing. It yeah. is. So for me, the story really hit home. And not just because it centers around an Asian family. You know, I, I always kept my emotions in check. Really, when you open up a dictionary and you look, you look up the word stoic, you'll see my picture. Growing up, we didn't really talk about our feelings. It was nothing that was emotional or raw was ever talked about. And it was only after meeting Kimberly and fighting for the first three years of our relationship that I, I learned not to be afraid to be vulnerable and, and to share my feelings, you know, my true feelings, because hiding behind pain only brings more pain. Being open allowed me to be receptive to the different experiences that have changed the trajectory of my life. And it's only now because of all of those experiences that I finally am able to tell my parents verbally that I love them. I've never been able to do that. And this movie for me says it all so much better in a little more than two hours than I can ever explain in the 47 years that I've been on this earth. And even if family dynamics isn't something that hits home for you, there are so many other themes like we discussed in this review that this movie has. Give it a shot. I couldn't have said it better myself. Cool. You know, because I, I, I really sometimes just lose my words. So No, I think what you said is very poignant. And I think people, I think anybody who watches this film could find something they relate to within it. Yeah. So with that, that is going to be our show for today. Thank you again for joining us and putting up with me and my, you know, toys and varying pitches and voices and all this other random stuff that I've been doing. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, Did we miss anything? Do y'all like what we came up with? If you want to leave us a message, by all means, go to speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, please hit the little subscribe button so you do not miss when we release new ones. Until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember, in this universe, life may be confusing, but there are a few specks of time where it all actually makes sense. Cherish them because these are the memories that transcend all of the multiverses. (laughs) 